Welcome to a bleary-eyed, tired, uh, coffee-driven episode of the Long Twos podcast. I'm Mike Vorkanoff, the guy who hosts this pod and covers the Knicks for The Athletic. Um, I I also went to sleep relatively early last night. I think I I made it to 2.30, and I was like, yeah, this seems like a good time to call it a night. Uh, my guest today, your own Weitzman of Fox Sports. What time did you hit the? What time did you go to sleep? I was about um, to hit the hay, but that's I don't even know what that means. There's no hay. Three thirty, but that was mostly my fault. I'll go behind the curtain here. You know, I've been doing Ooh, for Fox. Oh yeah, inside baseball. Yeah, so I've been doing. This is not. This is not good inside baseball. I've been doing some of these videos. Like I record like a one minute or two minute video. Um, you're five Tate, minutes. You're making Tate. me listen to five-minute videos. What the hell are you talking about? Your ben was Simmons it actually five was... minutes? Oh, that was long. Your, yeah, that was Ben long. Simmons one was 15 minutes long. No. It was like a documentary. <laughs> the Ben Simmons one was long, but since then, I've been shortening them. The point is, I'm really bad at them, and I'm really bad at recording, and I'm telling you, it takes me like 50 takes to get a one-minute video down. Maybe there's a way to do it that I'm not doing it properly where like I start and stop and edit and things like that. Um, but I'm just doing one way through. So it, it was a late night for, but just, just because I'm not good at my job, but other than that, yeah, no, I'm still pretty tired. Where, where can we find this masterful art? Uh, this piece uh, of cinematic should, artwork. It will hopefully be up by the time this pod goes live at the, uh, the association, which is Fox sports, NBA Twitter account. So okay. I think you can see it there. So check right, it out yeah. though. I think if you, li- if you're listening to this podcast, you'll probably hear, um, all my takes because it's Knicks related. So I will be repetitive. By the way, I'm just making this an official announcement for this podcast since I can do such things by fiat. Um, The word takes is banned. Uh, I just want to know. These are called opinions. Uh, Yeah, I'm with you. We are not uh, takes, you know, factory machine, factory lines here. Okay. You save your takes for Fox Sports and when they put you on (laughs) FS1 with Skip and, and Shannon. Listen, if I if I can get the uh, FS1 money, I will go on with Skip and Shannon and give all the. Uh, no, no, they'll put you takes. on FS1, but they'll keep paying you your current salary. That's <laughs> I can't. I plead the fifth. Uh, <laughs> Capitalism going to keep exploiting. Okay, your own. Exactly. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk about free agency. We are uh, doing this at ten thirty in the morning on a Tuesday. Free agency has been um, alive for does math quickly sixteen and a half hours. Um, technically this was the negotiation period, uh, you know, more formally, this is the everyone already signed period. You got to make the NBA Twitter joke. I can't believe they negotiated a $40 million contract in 30 seconds. These things are so lame. It's like, it's come to the point of where I think the NCAA rules were on paying players like a few years ago. They only matter because the NBA says tampering matters right like no one actually cares when these deals got get done right right they're gonna get done but like because the nba came down so hard in 2019 about oh we're gonna start checking phones and we'll do bed checks and like like now now it's like okay now we have to care about this thing but at 601 not even 601 at 6 p.m lonzo ball has 85 million dollars coming to him (laughs) the bulls and it's like Unless that was literally Arturis Karnasovas sending a, a text to Rich Paul saying 85 mil and Rich going, yeah, like, I don't I don't know how else this gets done, but tampering, quote unquote. You know what was weird? I remember, so I think when J.J. Redick signed with the um, Pelicans, right? So I guess that was two years ago. I'm going to butcher the story a little bit, but he was on his podcast talking about how like Woj and those guys get the, get the news so fast. Um, and I believe he said something along the lines and it would be interesting to go back and listen to that. He hadn't even that Woj that he kind of learned about the contract from Woj. Um, which <laughs> Did he not sign off not, on it? I'm guessing it's not fully true, but maybe it's just like, yeah, I'll take, cause you know, who's going to give the most and I'll go with the most money and just agree to it right, right away. And then you kind of tell me um, it'd be interesting. I should go back and listen. Cause that'd be an interesting uh, re-listen or just kind of transcribe what he said, but I'm p- fairly certain that was the case. And I found that weird. And I, it made me think that maybe it is just the player and agent make a plan beforehand. Um, free agency opens up. So we joke about how fast things are. There is a practical reason for these things to get done quickly, right? Because if you're an agent, teams move on fast. You want to pounce yeah. and there's a strategy negotiation and all this stuff. So Dennis Schroeder might have been better off if his agent had said yes to a deal early on. I don't know if they had one, but let's say they had one, right? They, they might did have been better back off. in February. Right, back then. <laughs> but yesterday at 6 Very p.m., maybe – 
maybe if somebody texted his agent yesterday at 6 p.m., hey, uh, four years, 60 million, he should have just said yes before asking Dennis, right? Like that could be well, an example. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I think the reason why maybe this happened so quickly is, um, you know, the fact that it does happen in the days and weeks before the uh, unofficial start of free agency is that actual like negotiation decision period, yes. right? Um, so that's when kind of like this all happens. And so it may be so when the money does get laid out, uh, it, the decisions don't have to come as quickly for the players who decide. Evan Fournier, apparently to Tim Reynolds, I guess, is in uh, Tokyo for the Olympics. Apparently. That's another good example. Yeah. Yeah. Just like woke up and his agent was like, you want this much from the Knicks? And he's like, yeah, sure. All right, let's do it. I mean, I get it, right? These guys, some of them, they, they these are not their homes. These are kind of like they live in a city and they this is their work homes, right? And they'll just kind of bounce around. And yeah, I have a short career in terms of, you know, if you compare to the rest of us, get me as much money as possible. I'll say yes, wherever it is, and we'll deal with it later on. So it's interesting. Yeah, the Fournier, that's a good example as well. Yeah, I mean, but uh, very frequently, I, I think especially for players getting their first big contract, you're going to take the most money, like understandably yeah. so. Um, you just yeah, want to lock sure. that in. And then when you hit your early mid thirties, then you're like, okay, I've made X amount of dollars. Maybe I can prioritize Correct. other things. And the subjective cost of $10 million here and there is, is a lot less, right? Correct. Correct. Um, so let me, let me just recap uh, where the Knicks are right now. So they came into this thing with about $54 million in cap space. Um, most of it is gone now. They gave, you know, the reports are four years, $78 million. Evan Fournier with the team option on year four. Um, four, three years, forty-three million in Derrick Rose, which I believe can be his early bird rights. I, I we, we can get into that. Um, Nerlens Noel's get Nerlens Noel gets three years, thirty-two million dollars, and Alec Burks gets three years and thirty million dollars, which is right above, uh, right actually, right where the mid-level exception is, but um, no indication yet that uh, the Knicks used the mid-level non-taxpayer to sign him or can use the uh, taxpayer mid-level to sign him. Um, so that's that's where they are. Um, all that cap space is gone. They kind of, surprisingly, I would say, just really brought the band back together. Run it back, um, baby. <laughs> they, they were team run it back plus Fournier. Uh, so they just switched out Frank Nilakina for another Frenchman. And I guess they said, all right, we good. Um, it was... I have to say the the shock and awe of it. Uh, they spent in three hours. They signed four guys to big multi million dollar multi year contracts. Um, they gave out one guaranteed multi year deal in the last three years before this, right? Like this was. Everyone kept asking, "What are they saving their their powder for?" And like, okay, it was to bring everyone back and sign Evan Fournier, and all that flexibility just kind of got wiped out pretty quickly. I mean. Um, we can get into how much still remains based on kind of just like the fluid nature of the league now, but I don't know. What do you, what do you think of what the Knicks did last night? So you and I, I'll preface, right? We have not, I read your column this morning. Is that a column? I read what your you winners and losers. My winners and losers. Right. So I think we're on a semi, you seemed a little more bullish or uh, I, you had, you had a more optimistic view of I'm this as opposed to me. I guess to me, it kind of, I guess the differentiating place uh, where we might've landed on is how, uh, how much of a vice you view the salary cap uh, as for the Knicks? Like how how um, easy it is to get off of these contracts? Because I was you know texting like someone in the league last night. And I was like, hey, these contracts, uh, three years for all of them. He's like, yeah, but like, aren't we kind of in a post-contract NBA? Like look what the Heat keep doing yes. every year, right? Um, and so I wrote, I said, look, maybe the, the thing to look at is not the price of the contracts themselves, it's the price of what the Knicks will have to pay to get off the contracts in future years. Um, and who knows what that'll be, right? Like, I think, you know, you try to trade Nerlens Noel in a year, that might be more pricey than trying to trade if they want to, like mm -hmm. Alec Burks uh, or Evan Fournier. But uh, again, this is all stuff we can get into. You Go ahead. Tell me what your opinion is of what happened. Okay. So I, I agree with you. And here's my thing, right? In a vacuum, the contracts are all fine. I have no issue. They're all the, the three, I guess, Nerlens Noel. I think three of the four up. are fine. Also, Nerlens, we're going to agree on Nerlens. I'll we'll get back to Nerlens, right? Nerlens Noel is the worst one, but uh, teams, the Knicks are not the first team in the modern NBA to overpay for a center. Now, there are plenty of teams who would say, don't pay for a center, right? Like, don't pay at all, really. Um, There's only six, um, I think, 17 after Rishwan Holmes signed last night that are making double digits annually now in the league. Right. 
So again, the and that would show that you probably should not be paying for a center because there's always going to be a Daniel Tice in the market, and not that they're equal. But I'm just naming guys, right? Rashawn Holmes. The 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 goal should always be to get the deal to do what the Kings did. What was it two years ago with Rashawn Holmes? Like you want that guy on the two, one year ten. Well, it's what the Knicks did a year ago, right? With Nerlens Noel, same thing, right? Exactly. Okay. The other ones are fine. Derek Rose, fine number. Uh, Alec Burks, fine number. Fournier is the one that jumps out at you, and some people will say, oh, classic Knicks. But one, the team option changes the whole math. Two, um, that's just a going rate for a wing like Fournier, right? I, like, that's I think like Fournier is fine. He's going to be the 13th, 13th yeah. highest paid um, shooting guard or small forward, whatever it is. I forget what the official designation is, right? They're all wings, so it's kind of interchangeable. Like 13th yeah. highest paid in free agency getting premium, like that's fine. You know, and, he, that, and he's good. He's, he's I'm saying, you know, if you do good versus not good, right? Like Fournier's a good player. You know, the yes or no, he's a good player. He yeah, can shoot, yeah. he can score, create off the bounce. He has a skill set the Knicks desperately need and we're lacking. That's it's almost like yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say the Rose contract is a little confusing because um he he's gonna be getting paid over fifteen million dollars at age thirty five. So this is the thing for me, right? It's so what is now we have seen Leon Rose at the helm for two off seasons now both of which have had cap room. And what have they, what has he added? What does he add? That's a long-term piece. And it goes back to like, what's the long-term plan here? And this, I think we talked about this last time I was on, this is why I'm pro young guys. Right. And I just, they're neither showing a lack of creativity and aggression and upside. So like, would you rather pay Al here? Would you rather pay Derek Rose and Alec Burks, these two deals or have Lonzo ball on his number? Right. And the Knicks didn't go after Lonzo ball. Like they didn't really look at him at all. Um, a side point, it seems uh, this, this front office also seems to not value point guards, which is interesting, right? We saw that last year where they kind of said, eh, Alfred, and we don't really care. And Alec Burks is not really a point guard. He'll be our backup point guard. I mean, what's Derek um, Rose? They just gave 14 sure. million annually to do you, point guard. Do you consider Derek Rose a true point guard? It's a different kind of thing, right? Derek Rose is a six man. And I mean that in a, I, I mean that in a different kind of way. Derek Rose is not. He's your guard off the bench. Am I wrong? Do you disagree with me on that one? Like, I, he I think is that's not... where I go, but I mean, he's kind of the archetype of what Tom Thibodeau seems to want at point guard, which is a guy who gets downhill, a guy who gets into the lane, a guy who can break down defenses. If you're thinking of like point guard being someone who like sets up the offense and makes it go, and maybe I'm trying to think of what the model of that would have been in free agency this year. Um, maybe like a, you know, like a Kyle Lowry type who is, kind of uh, that way i don't know like that's not what tom thibodeau seems to want for a scheme um you know yeah i hear you it's just first of all so derrick rose so they're going to rely on derrick rose and quickly and Vildoza. like and quickly quickly had quickly was a find in the revelation he had a really good year for a player who's picked 25 whatever was he 25 um pick 25th overall yeah um I mean, we saw it, like, and he he was nice in the playoffs, and he was you know he hit some shots. Um, do you want to rely on like there's a well? Let's wait and see what he actually is, right? Before we anoint him either starting point guard, he might end up starting, and they might bring Rose off the bench because because you can make an argument that quickly fits better with like Rose and Fournier. That's a better fit, and let Rose come off and kind of run the offense. I just I'm just going back. If you told there's no way when Leon Rose came in two years ago and had two years of cap space that the goal was okay in two years from now we'll have Derrick Rose, Nerlens Noel. And Alec Burks signed to multi-year deals, and Evan Fournier will be our top guy. Like this is the this is um this is like Scott Perry. This is a Scott Perry type final uh result. You know these are Scott Perry type results, right? These are not like we're gonna change everything and get these guys. And they're running it back and just I don't know. I just don't. I'm confused what the long term plan is here. And I would like to have seen if I'm a Knicks fan. I think you would have liked to have seen some more creative thinking or a long term play. Like they obviously, what's the move from here? What's the move from here? How what they're gonna wait? I don't for know. That, that's star? what I. That's that was my confusion is where this all goes, um. Because I can I like you said I understand all these in a vacuum. I think there are some slight overpays there. I, yep. I mean, was there really someone willing to pay Derrick Rose fifteen million dollars in year three at thirty five years old? Oh, right. Um. You know, if this was, I don't know. I, I maybe maybe I'm a little dubious of this of that. Um. But, you know. I don't know because now they, if you go into summer, all we heard was the Knicks want to maintain flexibility for summer of 2022, right? Uh, and just, I think maybe not necessarily just because the free agent market altogether, but just like you want to maintain flexibility. And it's not that they don't, um, but like if, you know, they, <laughs> if they try to make a deal for a big player, right? Like what do they do? Is, is someone going to want 
Uh, Derek Rose at $14 million a year is Alec Burks with two for 20 uh, that he'll be after this season, something that they're going to want to add. Like I doubt they're going to want to add uh, if these are all guaranteed three year deals, um, you know, someone of that, of that salary and caliber on top of the picks and the young players that the Knicks will have to pay out to get whoever it is, even if it's not Bradley Beal or Damian Lillard, whoever we're all, you know, uh, we're all talking about next summer. Like there's, it's just confusing what they intend to do with these contracts because, you know, there's the long-term perspective. There's a short-term perspective too, which is, this is like, they're not even really hedging against regression for next year. They're just straight up no. leaning into the wind. Um, and maybe I'll get into this a little bit in my like story for tomorrow, but like they're just like, look, uh maybe Julius Randall regresses. Four seed, baby. They're like four seed, run it back, right. four seed, right? I mean, Which is everyone kind of <laughs> seems to think it was a it was a soft fourth seed in the east right like there's some real concerns that there's regression happening for julius randall uh for Ovid crazy Noel, seasons yeah. for alec burks like this was a crazy crazy year i don't know how much to extrapolate from it and adding evan fournier is not really like okay you know if, if randall reverts a little bit uh if burks reverts a little bit if noel reverts a little bit um, maybe we don't get everyone healthy for the entire year because their health luck was pretty good last year outside of Mitchell Robinson. I'd say that was the injury they could most afford as well. Um, I don't know. Like, really, Evan Fournier is the big bulwark against it and growth from Manuel Cookley and Obi Toppin. Who knows what Quint- – I mean, Quentin Grimes is going to have to step into the rotation, right? They have four wings basically right now, so you're relying on a rookie, and that's always a crapshoot, um, even if you really like said rookie because you can be wrong on that every year we just saw this past year with Obi Toppin. So I don't know. I, I I mean, I think it makes them better because I, Evan Fournier to me is better than Reggie Bullock. And so you've improved the roster this year, but I can see how it goes wrong. And projections wise, they are no better than the sixth seed in the East right now. Um, And that's really not a lot of room for error because six seed in the East can quickly become seven, eighth or ninth. And now you're in the playing tournament. And obviously the teams above them can, you know, have bad things happen to them too. But I just think there's more talent there that provides them a better uh, cushion. If you're Miami, right? Like, or if you're uh, Milwaukee or Philly or whoever. The um, first of all, mentioning Bullock, like I would have also, and I had a feeling the Knicks were going to go the other way on this, but I, I would have, Basically, him and Burks got the same number. I would yeah. Bullock's a better fit, but Bullock's better version. I would have gone Burks. He's, you would have gone Burks. I like Bullock's a defense, right? And I think if you have Rose, if you're bringing back Rose, I don't see why you need Bullock. Like those are the same. They're the same guy. I know they're not, but that's the same role, right? That's the same role. You're gonna say they can need them both. Um, uh, I mean, I mean, I think that the thing that maybe the playoffs really proved, and uh, maybe we'll see teams defend the Knicks next year, is you just want more guys who can dribble, shoot and do stuff yep, and no, Bullock sure. can shoot and he can't really do stuff and he can't really dribble. And so I understand the defense aspect of it, but I think the team defense can kind of come together to provide what they're missing individually from Reggie Bullock. It could be. Um, and the, going back to what you said, yeah, I just like they're running it back with a team. That's not very good. You know, this reminds me of the, um, the Bobby Portis, Julius Randall, um, Taj Gibson off season a little bit. Um, except those yeah, are all two year deals. About that. Cause those, and, those and again, one year. Yeah. One or even with team options, right? And we all killed them. Um, and it reminds me of that. And again, if you look at all those in a vacuum, and you and I have talked about this together, I talked about it with Nick's executives at the time, and I never really got a full answer, right? Like, and each one of those deals were fine, putting them all together, and it was like, what, what, what's the goal here? What's happening? And this reminds me of that a little bit. And again, I'm going back to the question. So, who has Leon Rose added that will help? That helps the team's long term output. That like makes puts them in a better position long-term to get become a championship contender, right? What's the answer? It's he drafted, he signed all these dudes. He drafted Toppin quickly um, and Grimes. And I guess we'll see what these dudes are, what these guys, uh, McBride and whoever else is there, right? Like what? Yeah. Hey, Thibodeau. I think Thibodeau is the greatest answer, but basically to me, it seems like Thibodeau's great job last year and Julius Randle's breakout uh, papered over maybe a lot of the concerns. And we've talked about the concerns before, but just like, it wasn't like the Knicks, were smart last offseason. You could say they were smart because they weren't. We talked about this last time. They just sat out. They didn't do anything. They abstained, right? They didn't use the cap space. They just did nothing. This year they I did mean, stuff. And I just, yeah, go ahead. I mean, it seems like it was, you know, their success last year almost became a catch 22, right? Like, yeah, I think the prudent move, if you wanted to say, would be to let Noel go, would be to let Burks go. Um, 
maybe give a smaller number to rows, like make smaller moves that I think we all would have thought, okay, this is more cap friendly. This leaves you more flexibility, but like then you're tying kind of letting this, this great team, not great. This well, Nick's great, but <laughs> considering where everything's been, but like this good team, that was this revelation for you kind of get taken apart. Right. And so there's a, I, I understand the real cost to that. You're like, okay, we, we just did this and now we're going to just take it apart. And we really, you know, you got to have a lot of courage to just like break that apart um, and kind of start over or bring in guys that you think maybe are value adds like you did last season and, and hope it'll work again. Right. It's a lot easier to just kind of bring the band back and understand you've seen the performance that you need. Um, so I understand why they didn't let it go, but you know, now you're, now you're kind of, you're chasing a little bit. And I think when you're chasing, um, is when you make the decisions like they did last night and this could all work out. And I think, I think we all, we both agree um, that this isn't as much a, you know, what, what will this mean for next season? It's what will mean for 22, 23, right? Like maybe this, they make it back to the playoffs next year, but is that really the goal is just to making sure you have sustainable playoff team for next season? Is that what this free agency should have brought you? I just think we end up, I think it's very possible we end up in a place come, uh, let's say, February that we're saying, oh, wait, the Knicks are in 10th place in the East and they're not set up well for the future either, right? And that's <laughs> a very possible uh, destination that we're headed for, right? Like, here, yeah. Even some, some of the moves leading up to free agency, so they trade back in the draft. We thought, oh, maybe it was too mad. One of the given reasons, or and we were making all this up because Leon Rose doesn't talk to anybody, right? Including reporters were like, you guys, Knicks, people in the Knicks beat can't even confirm if deals are guaranteed for three years or what if it's a mid-level being used or whatever, right? Like it's crazy. Um, but one of the reasons we're thinking, oh, maybe they want to create an extra $3 million in cap space, right? To, to manufacture for some reason for free agency. And then Mitchell Robinson, they don't, they don't tender him an option. They pick up the team option. They don't, uh, sorry, qualifying offer. They pick up the team option. He's on 1.8 minuscule number. It's like, oh, they want to create space. If this is what you're going to do, why wouldn't you have tried to, use that as leverage and try to get Mitchell Robinson on a really team-friendly long-term deal that forget even if you want him long-term, that makes him more valuable trade ship. Cause I think we can, it certainly seems like the Knicks do not believe in Mitchell Robinson, that this yeah. team does not believe in him. That would be a big takeaway, right? The neurons, Noel stuff, the team well, option, all that. Well, let's just piece it together. Cause I'm trying to like, I've been reading the tea leaves on this for the last six months or whatever. Yep. You know, there's the report from uh, the Indianapolis star a few days ago. Yep. Uh, and let me find it. Uh, that Miles Turner, right? That they've been calling about Miles Turner. That they were calling about Miles Turner. This is not the first time, by the way, that um, the Knicks have been linked to Miles Turner or another center. There's all this, um, there's all this noise about Andre Drummond at the trade deadline. That's a good example too. It's been pretty clear that they keep looking at guys who would replace him. Um, Yeah. And giving Nerlens no look, giving Nerlens Noel uh, ten point six million dollars annually for the next uh, three years. This is Jay Michael of the India Star who who reported that, by the way. Um, giving him that much, you know, he's like I said, he's one of seventeen centers now to make double digits, right? So this is starting center money. Now you can look at it and like, look, Mitchell Robinson is making one point eight, so you have twelve point five million total. Um, and the next scheme, the, the whole typical thing is like we built yeah. around the center rim protector. That's what worked for us. But yeah, I get that. Exactly. But like the only one of these two guys is under contract for the year after this one. And it's not Mitchell Robinson. Right. And if they wanted to, they could have used the time now to get an extension in there. Right. Like the, they could have used their cap space to do it. They could um, start negotiations with him, but it just seems like they keep trying to replace him. So it doesn't make me think that the Knicks are wholly committed um, to Mitchell Robinson. And, and, you know, like John Hollinger likes to say, you know, like look at what teams are doing instead of what they're saying. And what they're doing is not anything saying they want Mitchell Robinson back at any kind of substantive number after this upcoming season. So he might not be back next season. Right. So I know. So two things on that one. I know when this whole regime came in, they were not big Mitchell Robinson guys, right? Like, yeah, it was like you could tell over the year how Mitchell Robinson kind of grew on him. Yeah, and like you know, behind the scenes, he was, he was critical of him, and which uh, fine. And you know, Noel was a Kentucky guy. We, we, I mean, I wrote about this before. We've talked about this, um, but again, it, and there are legitimate reasons not to want to. I'll say not buy in, not to want to make Mitchell Robinson a part of your future between the health, between some of the immaturity, some off court stuff. Like really valid reasons, you can still give him a contract and try to turn him into a more valuable chip. Think of it like baseball when teams buy out arbitration right of young players. Like the Knicks could have done. 
something along the lines of that, where you have right. a little leverage now. Say, hey, you're making 1.8 now. That's nothing. You've been injured. We will give you two more years guaranteed. I'll make it whatever. I'll make up a number, right? We'll add on three years and 40 million, whatever it is, right? And some kind of normal number around the, the average annual salary that Nerlens Noel is getting. And that then makes him more valuable to another team when you trade him because he's under contract. Now nobody's going to... Trading him now to another team, it's going to be like, okay, cool, we get him for six months, and then what? He's unrestricted free well, agent. I, I mean, I think I think it is good, though, like in the sense that if you're a team who's up against the cap, it's a lot easier to acquire someone making 1.8 um, and who could be your starting yeah. center or provide like starting caliber production for you, and all you have to really trade away is when the guy's at the end of your roster on the minimum, right? Like, that but, if makes you're using him for, but if you're using him for one of your, your quote, these star hunting trades, we should, we'll talk about this, right? Like. Those I don't even know if it's a that, star hunting trade. Like the Knicks need more wings. <laughs> they need more help for next year on the perimeter. So you, th- so you think like you flip him for, I don't even know, like I'll make up a, to Miami. I know they're capped out, but I'll make kids are capped out, right? Let's say to Miami for they resign. This is a complete bad example for resigning Kendrick Nunn, or that's a bad example, but I'm trying to think what it would be, right? So some capped out team has an extra wing. You're saying let's flip him basically. And that works. Um, yeah, I think they need, I think they need, like, I would explore that as like to see some team who's up against the cap, who needs a big man, who needs a center and maybe has a surplus of wings or guards. Yes, like, but okay, that's not what, works. I mean, I, I hear you, but that's not, I, I think that's also a poor use of Mitchell Robinson. Right. Um, yeah, just, it's just confusing. That's a, going back to my original point is just like they did all this maneuvering and to what end to getting, and I, I like Fournier. I'm really okay with it. I think he's, I think Fournier is good. Um, he's going to help them, but the rest of it is just I don't get, I don't see the big picture. And then where do you go from here? Where do you go from there? I know the answer is always going to be Damian Lillard is going to be available, right? Damian Lillard. How the hell are the Knicks going to outbid the Sixers for Damian Lillard? Like, well, forget even if he wants to come to you, right? It, you're going to, you're going to outbid them in terms of him wanting to play for you. And if you don't, you don't, you have more, Not they even give the up Sixers more than you. Too. The Pelicans have a lot more, right. I think. Right. I was just thinking of a team that like, you know, Damian Lillard's on the, under contract. He's not forcing, he can't, he's not holding out. Let's say he, the Knicks are his number one option. Stephen A. Smith's reporting that. And Stephen A. Smith, you know, everyone jokes, he's usually pretty good on this stuff, right? He usually knows. He's usually good on that kind of stuff. Um, I, don't see a, I don't see a situation. I'll use the Sixers as an example because they're clearly holding out to go for a guy like Damian Lillard because they have no other outs at this point. Um, if he's traded to the Sixers or the Sixers want him he's, and he's got three years, four years on his contract, he's going to hold out because he's so angry about playing for the Sixers. No chance, right? No chance. Yeah. That's not a small market. So I'm just using them as an example because New Orleans, I guess, is more. Maybe he would hold that. Maybe New Orleans, he would think, make things ugly. I don't know. I just, I'm repeating, I, I don't see the long-term play here. I would have And it goes back to like, I would like to see some creativity, some more risk-taking, but like smart risk-taking. That doesn't mean signing 40-year-old guys. It means like trying to do the Julius, trying to recreate Julius Randle, right? Trying to find another example of that. Guys with of an guy upside, right? Like, for, yep, we're young and an upside. Yeah, because Randall, for as much as that deal, actually that deal was, I think, okay received at the time. You know, he was 20. once it became the team option was clear, right? That was the big difference. Which yeah, he, it looks like the Knicks have not done any of that except Fournier. Yeah, he was twenty five at the time. There was upside for yep. him. Um, I think Neron's Noel is probably what Neron's Noel is. He's I think only twenty six, yep. but again, he's a you know kind of a very limited center. Um, you know, Alec Burks is at around 30, I want to say, and Derek Rose is obviously on the downside of his career, even if he can maintain the form that he had last year for a year or so, or two years, who knows, uh, Fournier is 28. And so this is his prime and you're paying for his prime. Um, I don't know. I, I just, you know, to me, it doesn't show enough marginal improvement over yes, last year's team. Um, it still incurs the risk of, you know, kind of Burks getting worse. It incurs the risk of Noel, um, regressing or, you know, injuries that have been a problem for him is over his career. Derek Rose is a constant injury risk, right? Um, there's just, you know, it, it, and it doesn't solve a lot of their issues. I think they still need a guard. Uh, I think they still need a wing. Um, you know, like I think there's so many holes that they need there. And so just assuming, okay, they're running it back and it's just going to be a definite playoff team in the East next year, which is pretty deep on talent, right? I think the wizards still have a move to make. And it seems like they're getting Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie Beal and a little bit more depth than they had last year will be interesting team. I don't know. I I just think that, I don't know. (laughs) That's what I keep saying is I just, I don't understand what, what this is supposed to bring them in. Is this just like, okay, now they bide their time and, Maybe the play is we'll, you know, they're thinking we'll make the playoffs again and keep showing that the Knicks are kind of this functional organization that's found stability and and try to make it more attractive to stars and all that. And 
I think we talked about this last time too, is what is the end game for these, uh, for this front office? And I think we still don't know the answer to that. Well, it just feels like they said, ah, fuck, we got nothing to do. Just, okay, bring them all back. Right. That's what it kind of feels like. Um, yeah. I'm with, I mean, I'll use an example. You're the, you're, you're running Knicks. You rather do what they did with Nerlens and Burks and these guys, or do you have rathered, and I'm, no, I'm making up this trade, but I feel like Cleveland might have said yes. Would you have rathered offered, you know, Kevin Knox and like a second round pick for Colin Sexton and Kevin Love, and you absorb Kevin Love's contract? Oh. <laughs> but you get the, uh, the upside of Colin Sexton. I would rather the Colin Sexton one because to me, you get, I know the Kevin Love contract stinks, but like you said, we can move off contracts. And hey, we are going to bet on Colin Sexton. Not saying he's going to be great, right? And yeah, you might have to overpay him, but he's a young guy who can get better. And that's like everyone says, you know, you want to show we can win. You want to change the culture. That's cool. <laughs> These stars have to come. <laughs> the guys who they're watching play, like they're not going to. If the Knicks make the playoffs this year, nobody on this team is going to be here in two years anyway. They're all old. They're, they're going to age out for the most part. I guess you can say quickly and top end. What? Yeah. Let me ask you another question. Would you rather yeah. have re-signed Nerlens Noel for three for 32 or uh, taken on Derek Favors for next year and gotten the first round pick for it? The number 30 right. that's overall a great, pick. That's it. That's a great example, right? Same thing. And this is where I say a lack of creativity and aggression, right? And just a way. So everyone everyone who's who's giving this front office credit seems to be trotting out the line. Hey, well, you know, we're doing the having the cake and eat it too cliche thing, right? We're going to, we're maintaining flexibility and we're changing the culture and we're winning games now. And to me, it's like they're doing that, but poorly, right? <laughs> like, I don't think they're doing that well or properly. Um because they're not really like they're not making any moves to go either way. They're just kind of treading water, but not in an interesting way where they're creating any sort of net positive or advantage toward the future or where they're elevating their current standing. And that's the part where it just leaves me thinking, oh, hey, so they don't really have a plan. They're kind of just running around here and saying, oh, Chris Paul doesn't want to come. I don't know. I'm making that up. But like, I assume they made a call or whoever, right? Like Chris Paul doesn't want to come. Um, okay, I guess Derek, you'll come back, right? I mean, not even my understanding is that they barely, they didn't even, I'm sure they had some discussions. They barely went after Lonzo Ball. I don't think they were in on Lonzo Ball at all. I'm not saying you have to go for Lonzo Ball, but there's a 23 year old point guard on the market. Like, how do you not even try there? Right. I, I just, it's, it's confusing to me. Well, what's the out to this? Like, what's the upside right. out to this exactly. like next year? Exactly. Right. Or is it just, again, is it just hoping that you're the chosen team that can compete um, for, for whoever the next star is, or are you hoping to turn in a year, you know, Alec Burks into the next Colin Sexton, right? I think part of the problem this year was, you know, like if the, if the Cavaliers want to trade Sexton and uh, they were looking to get a little bit better next year, the Knicks didn't have anyone right either at the salary level or just like a, someone that they could trade who would help them just because coming into this offseason, their entire cap sheet was basically Julius Randle and rookie year deals. Like there's not a lot of present day value they could offer teams. So I guess now they have it more with Burks under contract, Noel under contract and Fournier and all that. Um, but so you're just signing guys to ultimately, ultimately move them. I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't see what the outs are for this team. Like how are they going to, what is the window to um, more than just a little bit incrementally improve this team next off season? You know, like, I feel like the team that's doing what Knicks fans who are optimistic think the Knicks are doing, like the, the Raptors have done this, but a better job, right? Where they're actually creating, you know, they've never tanked, but they've rebuilt on the fly and they've drafted interesting young players and they've signed young players to deals where they can grow. And they've made some good trades, whether you want to go back a decade ago to buying low on Kyle Lowry, whether you want to say drafting Fred Van Vliet, you know, um, OG Anobi locking these guys up, Siakam locking them up, flipping deals i just the knicks haven't done that right the knicks have not done that and going back to last year also i mentioned fred van vliet like that the knicks weren't in on him either that's what i go back to the point guard thing too and it's weird to me that we've now had they have they've had an egregious hole at this important slot for two years there have been some decent options on the market and they basically said eh we're good with our rookies one-year guys or a Derek Rose, who was, was again, I don't want to say I'm, I'm criticizing. He was fantastic for them last year, and especially in the playoffs. Unbelievable. But you can't just, you can't bet on him though, long term. Yeah. And I mean, you can say all that when the roster is just guys on one year deals, right? Exactly. And like now they, they don't have that anymore. And they're probably, yeah, right. I would assume, paying Julius Randle too. And that's going to be at a, at a big number, right? Um, <clears throat> and so it's, that's just my question is, is, 
are you just hoping to improve off of this uh, of this surprise playoff team and keep it together and just hope it gets a little bit better or even just stays the status quo or or is this like what's the plan and this is and you know what and I get this uh, <clears throat> from fans who like when I tweeted the thing about you know a few days ago it was Leon Rohn's one year anniversary of his only time talking to the media and people say like, you're yeah. just being an annoying. Yeah, it's like, who cares? And, you know, moves, not, you know, words or whatever. But like when you're trying to figure out, okay, why did the Knicks trade out a 19 for no upside on their future pick? Just kind of moving into the future, right? Or why did the Knicks do all these things? Um, This is the time you want to talk to Leon Rose and know the reason why he did all these things, right? Like, I know maybe we'll get Tom Thibodeau at some point during summer week. I have no idea. You can never really count on anything in terms of Knicks uh, media availability. But he's not the he's not the team president. He's not the guy you ask about this, even if he has an input, right? Like his whole thing is I have a voice, but he's not the voice. He's not the guy making the decisions. As you said, no. there's lots of competing interests between him and Nick Sam Hinkie in the front office and <laughs> William Wesley and you know uh, all the other guys involved. Like this is why you want to hear from Leon Rose is you want to hear the reasoning for all these things instead of just kind of getting like, you know, sourced uh, information. Uh, you know, that's not, you know, on the record, putting out there into the uh, into the ecosystem of some of it being spin, some of it not being spin. Like you want to get people on the record to explain things instead of just having everything behind kind of like, uh, you know, behind the screen there. By the way, and you said he's not the voice. I think that actually might be one of the takeaways from yesterday is maybe he is the voice. Not actually, but like I would say, if you think of this Knicks regime as sort of Leon Rose and West, maybe Big the middle and Thibodeau, vibes. Thibodeau versus Brock Aller on each side, right? This is certainly a, uh, I would, I don't know. I would say this was a W in Thibodeau's corner, right? Like that, I would say so. Be running it back. Quentin, Derek Grimes, Rose. Quentin Grimes yeah, like, seemed like a Tom Thibodeau pick. Yeah. Um, Nick Bride, the reporting was he loved him. I mean, they got him as a value play later. Like it wasn't like they, that. So that was, that's, that was, everyone said that was a great pick. I like the McBride pick. Value pick. I, I, yeah. I like, I, on my personal uh, draft rankings board, which was not 60 players deep. Uh, let me tell you that much. I actually like Miles McBride. I have no idea what his rankings, but I had heard from like some people, like they thought they were really surprised he lasted until 36. They could have seen him going in the, in the twenties. I think uh, Grimes was kind of like a, um, like a fringe first rounder yep. end of the first, maybe second. Although Kelvin Sampson, uh, as I wrote is, was just, he was completely sure the nuggets were going to take him at number 26. So maybe that's why the Knicks, uh, moved to 25 like they did. But again, um, you know, those also aren't like high upside plays, right? Like Quentin Grimes is exactly. a 21 year old, uh, three years in college type of guy who profiles as a three and D, even though, you know, people say he can get better. And, you know, we saw like some, these, these draft profiles are not always right. We saw that last year with Emmanuel quickly. Right. Um, but there's no proof that the Knicks are like some superior drafting team either, because you know, for the quickly, there's the Obi Toppin pick and, um, you know, we'll see what miles McBride comes, but even then he profiles as a guy who's just like a good, like fun, feisty backup point guard. Um, you know, these aren't like high upside plays, I think. It seems like their, their whole bet right now is Julius Randle sustaining and R.J. Barrett becoming an all-star, right? And other than that, I, I don't know. And Tom Thibodeau being a magician. And he was last year, right? He, like, that's the part I want to <laughs> say. And, and I guess if I'm criticizing the front office, I got to give a ton of credit for that because we, but, you know, some, we made fun a little bit. It was obviously going to be Thibodeau. It wasn't really a coaching search. And Thibodeau was great. You can't, he was so good last year. Such a great coach. He, he was one of the better coaching jobs I've seen. Um, it was a great job. I'm looking, yeah, of course. I'm looking at the conference standings, right? I know this is always a fraud exercise, but you just count them off. Sixers, I'm looking at last year. Sixers will be ahead of the Knicks. Can we agree? Yes. Yeah. Nets, Unless Joel Embiid really gets hurt. Correct. Sixers, but even so, still Ben Simmons. Sixers, Nets, Bucks, Heat. We're sliding them all ahead of the Knicks. Do you agree with me on all those? Sixers, Nets, Bucks, Heat. Yes. Four. Atlanta Hawks. I'm playing them. I think I think so. Five. The Knicks that puts the Knicks I, again. That puts the Knicks in six. That's not counting Boston, who I'd be shocked if they fell behind the Knicks again this year. Last year was uh, a year from hell. Some weird stuff's happened in Boston. I don't know. Man. I agree. This team, that I agree. team looks like it. You know, there might be some more moves coming for them too. Like, is Marcus Smart going to be there? But they still have Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum. So I'm going to bet on them over the Knicks, right? Um, but fine. Um, Charlotte, by the way, I want to talk about a team with a better long-term future than the Knicks. And you and I talked about, like, is Mitch Kupchak Mitch good? Mitch Kupchak, yeah. <laughs> is he good? I think he's good. 
Um, Everybody give Mitch Kupchak their flowers. Getting a first round pick for Devontae Graham. Yeah, and and they and he did the trade the Knicks to uh, to trade uh, who they draft. Um, uh, Kai Jones. Uh, Kai Jones, right? And he, yeah, Mitch Kupchak is. Uh, and they got a uh, book night, right? People like I don't know these things. People say he's good. He felt them. Lamelo now they have a nice young core. Rozier ended up being bro- that ended up he's he's better than Kemba Walker. Who saw that one coming? Right? Like it's uh, yeah. So Charlotte's good. By the way, okay, I bring up Kemba Walker. We should talk about him. Another. Okay. I would have rather. Would would you rather him or Derrick Rose? Would you would you rather trade a a one of the Mavericks first round picks? Let's say right. Is that what it'd be? No, I'd, ra- I'd rather. I think if I'm the Knicks, I'd rather want Derrick Rose at three for forty three than Kemba for think- two for sixty. 70? I, I wonder what they're waiting for on it. Like what they would ask for on Kemba. Like would Kevin Knox get Kemba and you absorb Kemba? Would that get it done? I, I don't know. I, the right? Thunder? I don't think so. I think the Thunder want to rehab him, bring back his value and get another, you know, two first yeah. round picks for him. And also like they don't want to just completely, I don't think that they want to completely bottom out next year, right? Like they need some good basketball players in their life. They, I don't know. They're, they're confusing. Um, Anyway, but like yeah, Kemba, so going maybe through, maybe they know how to make it work. Like they did it with Chris Paul, right? Like they did it with Al Horford. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Schroeder, Schroeder also, right? Schroeder, like, <laughs> like Sam Presti seems to know what he's doing. And I'm sure in a year, maybe the Knicks will trade a first round pick for Kemba Walker. We'll see. Um, I'm looking at the Pacers again. We're talking about Mitchell Robinson. Like I would have tried to get Miles Turner. I think Miles Turner would have been good for them, right? The Knicks, a little more, a better version of Mitchell Robinson. Maybe if you want to say not as electric. Um, a much more expensive 15th time making about like what? 10 times yeah but you money. spent on nerland's noel <laughs> like, yeah that's well that was, that's true um <laughs> that's what, like that's what i'm saying it seems like there was just like no creativity here that's my I, point like, right i would have just read i would have just tried to sign javel mcgee for like four million dollars instead of no yeah that's I, I actually like that a lot too right yeah that's because it's kind of the Olympia same thing he plays the same, he plays the same way um i was thinking about the olympics so how could this is random now well, two parts. I'm thinking one, DeMar DeRozan. What do you think he ends up getting? Would you rather him or Alec Burks? I, I mean, I, I like DeRozan, but I don't think DeRozan takes three for 30 from the Knicks. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, we're playing the same game here, right? But like, I would rather, let's say, uh, I'm with you. Let's say DeRozan, JaVale McGee over Burks and Erlens Noel. And I feel like the math is pretty similar there. Am I off? Oh, man. I mean, are you good? Yeah. I mean, I guess it just gets a different way where McGee gets like five and DeRozan gets 15 right. or something like that. That's but what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Total. Like you get him for like $22 million. That's, that's what I mean. I just feel like there was more creative ways to use this space in more interesting ways. Um, I, I will say this, but hold up. So because I wrote about this yes. the other day is like part of I think when the Knicks, uh, I don't know how many times I heard the word culture and family last year. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, as someone with no family who hates everyone, and uh, I was, you know, just <laughs> nauseated by all this talk of culture and family. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but like they talked about culture and family and just kind of togetherness, right? I think if you're an organization and you're trying to create those two things, um, I don't know how much it eats at the, the the tone you're trying to set if you don't ultimately reward the people that buy in and overperform and do the, the anti Isaiah Thomas Celtics thing like the like the yeah. opposite end of that yep i hear right you. and so they they can you know there's like look it's like look the Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks ostensibly bought into what the Knicks were doing performed uh, beyond expectations i i would guess did everything they need and the Knicks can now say like look if you buy into what we're doing you'll not only play well you'll get paid for it right and we'll be the ones paying you like that was kind of proof of concept for what they're doing. Um, and I think some of that is important, right? Like that's why you see like teams when a, like in the NFL, when a new GM takes over, they pick one player uh, to pay immediately. Right. Like, cause they want to show like, this is what we value here. And I think it's, it probably goes a little bit like people notice when you go and you pay the people who do what you want them to do. Um, so I don't know how much, of, how much of that kind of, you know, went into their thinking again a good question for you know team president if he ever deigns to speak to us uh, or if <laughs> you know if that ever happens but i don't know i i could see that being a small argument for doing what they did but i don't know how much it is the over uh overloading one no i know like wes has told people you know we're care about family you know quickly was family for like a good like an extreme example right um 
Can I ask you a question? Because you you know this, you can explain this. Maybe I don't think we got into this. So the Knicks right now, based on the contracts they've given up, it would seem that they're operating as an above the tax team, right? And that they have another below which the means tax. They have eight, below the tax. Excuse me. No, but below wasn't the there to, uh, below, the, below the cap? Sorry, below the cap. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah below the cap. Um, wait, no, that no, I'm confused. I, this is good. We're working this through on air. It wasn't there. They have, it seems they have $8 million more that they have to spend. Correct. Am I, isn't there something like that? They have, they have 5 million if they re, once they renounce Bullock, um, cause it seems right. like he's going to Dallas and then they can yeah. get to eight if they cut Lucas Vildoza. This is my, my read on it. And they still have their $4.9 million room exception. Um, so they have about, you know, I don't know if they'll cut Vildoza or not. they just announced him for the summer league team yesterday afternoon, um, yeah. you know, and I guess he can be a third point guard for them if they want. Um, could be the starting point I mean, guard. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, like they they've talked about wanting to give him a shot in summer league and see him play. Uh, they still have, I by my count, two roster spots open, thirteen of fifteen filled, and two two way contracts. Um, so I mean, I, I guess they can, you know, add always, so so they can can they add a Kendrick Nunn or a Schroeder. Schroeder, they're not going to get right. I mean, I guess. I mean, they can add them right. if they're if they're willing to play for that kind of money right i mean right. i would think like if i had to guess i would guess taj gibson comes back as the third string yep. center for the yep. vet minimum which is i think off the top of my head is two and a half mil somewhere around there yeah. um you know and Schroeder, it seems like it's going to be the staring contest with the mavericks now right is that, is that where it's at like. i mean i just looking at they have cap space right and they and he i assume wants to get paid i just i don't know i'm just guessing i'm and i'm guessing it will come down to him deciding to take a one-year you know, does he want to take a one-year prove-it deal or some kind of pay cut? I don't know. Um, I guess he could end up somewhere else. But Reggie Did Jackson totally miss right? out. Oh, Reggie, yeah, Reggie Jackson is out there. Um, I, um, I don't think. Uh, no, wait. The Pistons might have bird rights, early bird rights to him. I think, right? The Clippers, you mean? Sorry, Clippers. Yes. Jeez. Yeah. Um, um, DeRozan's still out there. Kendrick Nunn's the other, the other, you know, quote unquote, I'll say, good player who's out there. Um, who I think could be helpful for certain teams. He's restricted though, right? Uh, yes, he is. But I mean, I, I think with where the Heat are, I wouldn't be surprised if they just kind of let him go. Yep. So that may be somebody worth watching who can actually make a difference. But yeah, I'm just you know, I'm I'm a bit uh, I'm a bit confused. It doesn't mean the season could still be a fun one for Knicks fans, right? They should still be competitive. But I'll repeat, I just feel like it's very possible that we're thinking of this come February as a team that's you know, hanging on or competing for a play-in tournament spot. And Julius Randle is no longer looking like a second-team All-NBA player. And suddenly, and Obi Toppin has not taken another leap from the playoffs. And suddenly it's like, oh, wait, we're, we're not really, what, 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 what do we go from here? What, what now? Yeah. What's the deal here? By the way, Charlotte still has $13.5 million available too. Our guy, baby. Mitch Kupchak, our guy. Well, that's a thing. So I know they lucked into LaMelo a little bit in terms of lottery luck and him falling. But like, what I think if you ask Knicks fans, would you prefer their um, – which roster would you prefer, Hornets or Knicks? I mean, I would think the Hornets. Maybe Knicks fans will say otherwise. Ooh, wow. I mean, the Hornets, you know, they don't have a second-team All-NBA player right now. <laughs> that is true. Malik Monk is still available, right? My, I still think he should – I still feel like him and the Knicks at the collision course. <laughs> I like Malik Monk. I think it'd have been good. I mean, by the way, I'm being serious. He'd be a good signing for them. I think he's good. Or good. You know, I'm using good. Like, now I'm really expanding the word good. But I, I like Malik Monk. I think he could be good in a good situation for them or good fit for them in terms of wing who can score. Who Whose uh, free agency did you like since you're crapping all over the next free agency? <laughs> I enjoyed the heat. I, I just go for it. I become more like this. Just go for it. Deal with the salary cap. Kyle Lowry, 30 mil year three? Yeah. The, the, he's the 37 one years old. The, See, that's my whole thing. My outlook on this kind of going to what you were saying before. I, if, if it's the, the total on the salary doesn't bother me as much. And it wouldn't bother me if I was a GM the same way, right? It's the years. Because the total, yeah. like the years you can deal with. So the, the total you can deal with, it's the years that's the problem. So Kyle Lowry, and that's why I thought like if I was a Knicks and I would have offered Chris Paul the three-year deal that you could offer. Because, okay, you'll get two and then one year you'll deal with it. Um, Kyle Lowry, yeah, that the Jimmy Butler ones, the they're gonna be paying him fifty million in like six years from now. That I don't think is gonna age great. But honestly, who gives a shit? They're gonna be really fun this year. They're gonna be good. Can you imagine the defense of Lowry, a team with Lowry, um, Butler, Bam, and let's say put, let's put PJ Tucker on the floor there, like trying to score against that team. 
But like the heat, and also who gives a shit for Miami because they always find a way to just That's like get thing. out of their cap hell, no matter what. It's the thing. Yeah, they don't have cap space, everyone, yet they're always in line and bring in free agents somehow. I don't, it's like a magic That's, trick. But I they mean, also don't have first round picks. Like they don't have any picks because they keep using it to get out of them because they keep correct. maintaining this. Kind but you of know what? They, contending with They've also hit. They've also hit on the recent, like, you know, they hit on Hero and Bam. So if you hit on two first-round picks, you're, that's good. Like, you're, you're kind of set there. And they found Duncan Robinson, right? Like, so they yeah. might not have first-round picks, but they certainly got three of their top six players are uh, drafted or Duncan Robinson undrafted, you know, rookies, whatever you want to, however you want to designate them. So I like their free agency because just, like, go for it. Um, who else? What, give me, remind me, take me through the teams here a little bit. Who am I? Who, Do you like uh, what New Orleans did? Losing Lonzo, <laughs> bringing in Devontae Graham? <laughs> no, did you? Uh, I the first round pick seemed like a lot. Uh, in, I, in I like Devontae Graham. I think Devontae Graham's pretty good, and not just. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah I like Devontae Graham. But, fine. Again, but six man like he's that's a six man right. That's not your starting point guard. Um, I mean, they put some like shooting it. around uh, off the dribble, shooting around Zion. Now um, they have Jonas, Zion, Brandon Ingram, Devontae Graham, and uh, I mean the Josh Hart is still out there. I think he's a restricted free agent, so we'll see what happens there. The Bulls are putting an interesting. So Lonzo, uh, okay, the Bulls, Zach Levine. Let's talk about the Bulls. That's a good example. Yeah, let's talk about the Bulls. Yeah, well, I mean, I was gonna say it's Lonzo, Zach Levine, uh, Nikola Vucevic, and um, who am I? Some why is why is my brain uh, breaking? They signed uh, they signed uh, Caruso yesterday. I like Alex Caruso. I actually thought that the Knicks should have gone after Alex Caruso, especially if he's only going to get seems like a little bit under the mid-level or just about the mid-level. Uh, well, actually, I think I saw four for 37. Is that right? Um, so that's below mid-level. Um, I thought that would have been an interesting signing. Like that guy, if you want to give Tibbs what he wants, like as a wing who can really defend, and he seems like his three-point shot is emerging, that guy would have been interesting, especially for that price. Uh, and to slot them in, and you look for maybe um, ways to spend your money elsewhere. First of all, do you have, you have construction? Is this New Jersey? Is this uh, New Jersey construction going on in the background? I like that. This is usually I'm the one who has the sirens going on in uh, in New York City here. Um, what's it called? No, I so I like what the Bulls did, and to me, it's actually an interesting counterexample to the Knicks because to me, they've been a little aggressive. And the start they have Zach Levine, who's they've been super better. Yeah, and Zach Levine's probably better than any player the Knicks have. Um, I mean, I guess Knicks fans will take Julius Randle over him, but I don't know. I prefer Zach Levine. What do you think? You really role? are you. You want to draw the ire of Knicks fans in your mentions with all the ways you're besmirching I, Julius Randle. I I mean, what? <laughs> yeah. So yes, if the way maybe I'm wrong, but I I'm the you know if you have an outlier of a season in the greatest outlier of seasons that has ever existed, right? In terms of external factors. I would say you don't bet on that. Maybe I'm wrong, right? Um, the uh, but the Bulls have been aggressive and kind of building a youngish core and then young in quotes because Lucevic is not young, but just going after guys. And when you look at it, you see like, oh, this is why they did it because they saw why do you trade a couple picks or Wendell Carter for Vucevic instead of waiting to use your cap space because you see there are no free agents worth that cap space, right? That's why you do it. So now they have Levine and Lonzo Ball and Vucevic, and they can see what happens there, and just you can grow something there and i just feel like that's an interesting counterexample. and we were talking about the team who i expect to be better than the knicks i would slot you know if i was doing preseason uh preview now i would put the bulls ahead of them you think they're going to be better than them next year yeah i mean you don't hmm 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 exactly well I guess my question is how much do you use like are we using last year as the baseline for this Knicks, this Knicks roster now when everyone agrees they overachieved? No, that's my like, whole point. That's what I think. Can we right? just the assume idea... that's where they're starting from? And I I, I the wouldn't. The talent level is not as high as what Chicago has, right? Correct. Um and obviously Chicago has its own questions. Like don't don't get me wrong, you know, Kobe White's hurt. Uh you know, like Nikola Vucevic is not really who you want to anchor your defense. I don't know what the hell is going to happen to Laurie Markkinen since he's a restricted free agent. Um, but that's a, that's interesting. I don't know. I mean, look, they have Zach Levine, who's like a great scorer. Um, they yep. have Patrick Williams, who I find to be really interesting. Uh, I like that pick. 
And I thought I liked, you know, what I saw from him last year, like Lonzo's a connector and they don't need him to be the guy who runs like 50 pick and rolls. Cause that's what you have Zach Levine for. That's and why Vucevic, he's such an interesting player run, in today's yeah, NBA. And, yep. And you can run the offense through Vucevic and Levine and like let Lonzo hit threes and do his stuff in transition. Oh man. That's an, this I don't just, know, but that's what I mean about the East next year is like, you can't just assume they'll get the sixth seed because there's a lot of like, I don't know, does Indiana have a regression of their own uh, back up the standings now that they don't hate their coach? Like what are what's going to happen there? What the hell is, is that a regression? In Toronto? Can, can you regress forward? Is that how that yeah, works? I always, regress, I always, yeah, you're regressing to what your, your true form is. That can be better. Not just worse. I always associate regressing with uh, a step back, but I guess you're right. Like it's progressing it's you know work is taking there. steps back. That is true. That is true. Um, but I do think you're right about the, I I think this is where, you know, I'll get Knicks fans angry at me. I think most Knicks fans will come in thinking, oh, well, we were a four seed and then we added Evan Fournier and brought the whole team back and our young guys are gonna get better and it's more continuity. So obviously we'll be just as good. And that's where I would uh I would you know disagree. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's just like, how much are you buying into last year's team and the performance as sustainable? Not a lot. Was Does Vegas have over-unders? I'd actually be curious before we wrap up here. I don't. Let's yeah, let's let's look it up. Let's do this quickly as I read uh, Joe Varden's story about uh, what Evan Fournier did in uh, Dateline Saitama, Japan. That's pretty dope. I want a Dateline that says Saitama, Japan. Did he ask Evan Fournier about his mom also? <laughs> I uh, quoted Evan Fournier saying the first thing I did when I woke up was check my phone. Where am I going? Um, I'm tr- as where well, I'm looking up, I'm trying to Google this. Uh, 2020. I can't see what this from. Uh, two weeks ago, Ugh, I can't find anything. This is sports gambling everywhere. There's, you should be able to get like over unders um, the day after free agency. Do you disagree? Let's see, let me look it up. Jeez, you're just bad at the internet. That is true. Uh, All right. Let's, let's not just uh, have this whole thing be people listening to us. Google, Google okay, NBA whatever. over-unders. Next time. Uh, well, what would you set the Knicks over-under at next year? Uh, what would I set the over if I'm thinking? Uh, I would probably set it at 41, right? 41? And what would you set it for yeah. the Bulls? Your beloved Bulls. Ooh. Uh, interesting. Not the same, probably. Okay. Yeah, about the same. I mean, I like yeah. Billy Donovan too, so I don't think they have a bad coach who should tank their. Um, no, t- they want to win. That roster. They, they want to win, and they have, they have a good. That's a good three. That's a good three players. I'm not saying that's like a, those aren't superstars or they aren't. That's not a championship core, but those are three good players. And by the way, we should talk about Zach Levine before we finish. You know, he's making it very clear, or I shouldn't say making it very clear. He seems to be talking about that he wants an extension now, which would indicate. He plans no, he's on making staying it very clear. He wants money on his doorstep when he comes back from Tokyo. Right, which, again, that's leaving money on the table later on, but the, which is why it's interesting. But it seems pretty clear that he wants to remain in Chicago. If that, or if they offer him money now, he wants to stay. So that would take another guy off the Knicks, uh, off the list of the, uh, oh, the Knicks will sign this guy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he'll, um, I don't think he'll take an extension. I think he can only really get he's kind of in the same salary class as, as Julius Randall. So I yes, don't think right. that's the money that he wants, but maybe he just wants kind of the promise of we'll offer you the money next off season. That's why it was a weird comment, but that's why, yeah, that's, that was the, so yeah, I agree with you, but just again, take cross one more off the list. So I guess we can wait for Donovan Mitchell to hit the market or Zion Williams. I, Zion, by the way, Zion might be the most realistic guy now, given how Demon Griffin's running that place. That that might be the most realistic target now. That might that might be the one. How about Dennis Schroeder to New Orleans? I think that Keith Smith is saying they have up to thirteen and a half million in cap space. I guess that's the other one, right? Sure, why not? I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm wondering. Uh, I'm curious to see if Boston insists on Evan Fournier being uh, sign and trade, so they can retain the trade exception. Maybe the Knicks get a little something for it. Ooh, trade accepting talk. I love it. Uh, I don't know. I the, the the Spurs are hoarding $31 million. I don't know who they're hoarding it for. You know, John Collins is still out there. This is what I was going to ask you before, and then, and then I got to go. But um, Greg Popovich, there's no way he participates in free agency at all when he's in Japan 
coaching the Olympics. Is that how does that work? I think I mean, there's Zoom, there's phones, there's I know that, but okay. So he was up, so he was up. He coached the team last night. So you think he was like he was on Zoom at what you know all night and then went into the coaches meeting? I mean, I guess so. It's just it's a funny situation. Uh, I mean, I think he was probably talking to Spurs front office like during the day. I would guess he was in constant communication with them. Yeah, feel like he's checked out, he's done. <laughs> All right, tell me where John Collins goes, and then you can go. Ooh, John Collins. He's going to resign, doesn't he? I don't know, but he's resigning, isn't he? Uh, I think so. I think Atlanta should resign him, too. Yeah. I would All right, agree. we'll end it there. We'll end it there. Uh, your own, thanks for doing this. You can find your own's work uh, on the tweets. He's at your own Weitzman. Is that right? Is that accurate? That is correct. All right, cool. And you can read him at Fox Sports. You can watch his uh, videos at the association uh rudy gage assigned two years 12 million dollars with the jazz and uh everyone thank you for listening you can find my work at the athletic i'm not going to go tell you to find my twitter don't um and uh we'll try to you know if anything else major happens i'll try to do another one of these podcasts uh if not the tentative plan tentative plan is uh for me to be in vegas next week for nba summer league um tentative because uh everything is tentative right now uh, you know we'll see how it goes uh, <laughs> all right <laughs> everybody thanks for listening there's another episode of the uh, long twos podcast and we'll catch you guys next time